Hey, parents, welcome to the midweek, a parent podcast that we are starting. We are so excited that you decided to join us, whether you are headed to drop your kids off at school, you are going to the grocery store, or you decided to work out today and are on the treadmill. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. This is a parent podcast where we are going to come to you and talk to you all about things that we think your junior high or high school students are walking through. And so just so excited for you to be at our debut episode. Today, our guest is Mr. Cody Morse. What's up, Cody? It's the sound effect, dude. I put that in myself. Didn't even have to edit it in. That was a great sound effect. That is that is your signature sound. That's it. That's it. It's nice to be on uh, this side of the microphone. Usually I'm just the uh, running the sound in here. So this is weird. Well, let's not put just in front of it. You are the sound engineer champion. I think sound engineer is a little <laughs> generous as far as the title goes. It, it is moving a fader. That's okay. Well, you're a really limited. good sound guy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Cody, obviously we have been teammates for the last four, almost five years, but maybe there are some parents that don't know what you do. So tell us a little bit about how long you've been working at Northside, all the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am one of our student ministers here at Northside. Uh, in my time of being here, I think depending on when you you met me the first time, <laughs> if you've never met me before, it's not a big deal. But uh, the first time, like started off as a high school minister. Now we've kind of reorganized and we're just student ministers. And so I am a student minister here at Northside and I love it. It is genuinely what I wanted to do. Um, this is kind of a great place to do ministry and really enjoy getting to uh, serve our students, getting to serve our families, getting to hang out, play like nine square with high school students, uh, <laughs> all that kind of fun stuff. It's a good time. Yeah. Well, you're a great student minister if I do say so myself. Uh, there we go. That's two greats, dude. I okay. can't be a great student minister and a great student minister. We got to Actually, one out. I mean, we'll just, we'll just roll with it. So... A lot of times when people hear about our jobs, they say things like, man, y'all just like shoot Nerf guns and go to coffee. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, that does, that is a lot of what we do. But if you could tell parents what you do, like a typical work day for you as a student minister, what would that look like? Yeah, I mean, I can definitely forgive people for for thinking that all we do is like drink coffee (laughs) and, and shoot Nerf guns because that is a fair amount of the day. True. I feel like the, the most typical days that I have are days where I'm in like different types of team meetings. Uh, <laughs> if I don't have the, the guardrails of meetings in place, uh, a day is literally uh, all over the board uh, as far <laughs> as what it could be. But usually there's a, a circling up and our student team will meet in the morning, kind of go through a checklist for the things that have to get done today. Uh, and then do a little bit of looking forward to, all right, what are some things we've got cooking on the back burner, whether that's an event that's coming up, whether that's uh, a YG lesson series, whatever that is, we'll have some conversations around some stuff like that. And then from there, it's pretty much kind of executing it. And sometimes it's going and it is going to a coffee shop and it's writing a message. Uh, Sometimes it's helping record a podcast. Sometimes it's doing some video stuff. Sometimes it's cleaning out a youth closet. Sometimes it's meeting students like, really and truly the rest of the day kind of falls into place as far as whatever is available is what happens. It's, it's one of the nice things about, I think, working in ministry at a church is that you don't really get bogged down by a typical day. There are those markers that are typical, but really and truly uh, ministry gives you the opportunity to be very spontaneous. And so if that's your bag, it's great. Uh, if I did not like 
uh, a pretty loose schedule, I feel like this would be pretty miserable, <laughs> right? Like there'd be no, no guarantee about what my day would look like, but that's kind of, I would say like most average days, um, with obviously Nerf Wars, getting lunches together, all that kind of stuff in between. Yeah. I think that's pretty spot on. I was thinking about the, the days where like before summer camp, we one time, uh, children's ministry had some slinkies on one of the desks and we decided to have like a slinky balancing contest on our foreheads. And it was, I remember us saying like, this is a part of ministry. Like we've got to make sure this game works. And so that's just the fun. Exactly. (laughs) That's the fun thing we get to do. Um, But tell us a little bit about who junior high or high school Cody was. Share a favorite memory with us. Uh, He was the coolest kid on the block, dude. All right. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, High school and junior high Cody. uh, I think junior high Cody is pretty, pretty average as far as other people's junior high experiences, kind of in the middle of anything and everything that's going on. Uh, by the time I got to high school, I was a kid that, that had lots of friends and different friend groups. And so I played sports uh, for most of my life. And so was a multi-sport athlete in high school, um, played competitive club sports and, and junior high and all that kind of stuff. So was really all over the board uh, with friends and things like that. Uh, hung out with a lot of different people, had a pretty big group. I was pretty involved in church as well. And so had uh, those friends that I would hang out with all the time. But I was always a social butterfly. I was always that kind of person. Uh, that the teacher loved because you couldn't move my seat far enough away from anyone to not make me a distraction. Uh, Definitely would talk to a wall if that was all that I was left with. And so I was a a pretty social, pretty outgoing person. But uh, I would say my like high school and junior high experience was probably pretty average Mm -hmm. as far as what people would, would expect, you know? Yeah. Okay. So you're from Florida. So I feel like parents would wonder was surfing a part of your lifestyle. So surfing was not really a part of my lifestyle. I am from the West coast of Florida. So let's go Champa Bay, baby. Um, and there's not really, if there's surf in the Gulf, it's like surfing in Texas. Like if there's surf in the Gulf, it's probably because there's a hurricane coming. And so that's where we were, uh, going to college on the East coast. It became a little bit more. My wife, Emily, um, her mom lived on the East coast of Florida while she was in high school and things like that. And so she got real big into surfing. So it was a big part of my wife's uh, life and story kind of growing up. It was not nearly as big of a part of my story. Mm-hmm. She got me into it to try it. But at, <laughs> at six, three, I was entitled and I was, I, I am convinced that I am too tall to actually surf, uh-huh. but uh, they were like, no, you can't. I, I never really could. I could get up on a board a couple of times, but I was not good at it. It's more entertaining for people on the beach to watch me fall off of <laughs> surfboards and wipe out than it was for me to actually do anything impressive on a surfboard. Hey, but at least you tried. I did. I did try uh, multiple times with no success, but I definitely kept trying. I was not smart enough to stop getting on the board. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for letting the parents know that, you know, debunking that he's He's probably a surfer man because he's from Florida. Exactly. I I am your typical like fisherman though. So whatever uh whatever like you know stereotypes you want to associate with that like probably more true. Yeah. Probably there are some pretty extreme things, but that's definitely uh definitely more of my niche than it was surfing. Yeah, that's very true. You are an outdoorsman. Well, thinking about our students, sixth to twelfth grade, that is a large gap. But a lot of the things that we notice and we talk about that we try to keep up with is Gen Z's lingo. Constantly, always evolving. It is, oh man. Man, it is like every single week we hear, like I know for for me in the junior high realm, like I feel like Reed Eastman is saying something new every single week and I'm just like, 
what does this even mean? Like, what is this? And I'm like quickly looking on my phone, like what's happening? Um, But so thinking about if we're struggling to keep up with Gen Z lingo, like I can't imagine what our parents are dealing with. And so yeah, we have a couple, like I have a one student or two students at a time that are like, all right, they're cool with me being like, all right, you guys are saying stuff. I have no idea what that means. Like you want to make sure it's not inappropriate, but Uh then two, like just fill me in. So we have the luxury of having those people as a parent. Like it's hard to be like, all right, which one of my kids friends is going to be the cool kid that's going to clue me in and not rat me out later yeah 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 oh well before we jump into gen z lingo what were some favorite phrases of yours growing up or what was some lingo for you um in junior high high school and i've never heard these so i'm genuinely so excited i I feel like there's still things that i say now like (laughs) Um, I like shout out, like really was, was a big one, dude. And I say that all the time now. I was like, shout out. And you just kind of use it when someone, it's like a, a statement of like confirmation. Like, Oh, I heard what you were saying. It's like, shout out. Like it can be anything, dude. Uh, we use the word gang a lot. We're like, all right, gang, let's get out of here. Like that kind of thing. I think that was always more of a kind of making, not like poking fun at, but in a way of like how people used to talk like if you watch like uh, like a movie like Grease or something like that where it's these like old timey set movies where they're like all right gang we're gonna yeah. go do this so those those were definitely the two that I think my friend group said constantly that mm-hmm. were shout out more so was definitely like used completely <laughs> incorrectly gang was always like referring to a group of us going to do something. Yeah, I remember when you got here, it very quickly, shout out, flooded through leaders, students, even people on staff were starting to say it. And so it's definitely your trademark. It is. That's what I do, man. That's what I do. So, okay, we know that Gen Z lingo changes month to month, week to week. But if you had to kind of condense and think about what are some popular Gen, Gen Z phrases right now or words what would you throw out at us? Yeah, I feel like fam is really popular. That's one that I think is going to be popular forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think the way that the word is used continues to change. So fam being an abbreviation for family mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't almost never applies to like, oh, my dad's my fam. Like that's how like we millennials and you know <laughs> Gen Xers will say it and use it uh, for Gen Z. It's like fam is your group of friends. It's your group of people. It's your community. Uh, that one's really popular. Sus has stayed around for a little while. And, and I think that it, it has that comes right out of like streamer culture, right? Like, we're going to uh, this person's acting sus, like they're suspect is the abbreviation for that. You can also go like sus something out. So like it looks suspicious. So we're just going to go like suss it out and make sure that everything's on the up and up. Um, and that's always funny to hear people in junior high or high school or even like when you get into like kids ministry areas and you hear little kids like we're gonna go suss stuff out it's like all right dude what are you gonna do it's what are you so that one what are you gonna figure so out so weird to me i was like sus guy i thought honestly i thought it was inappropriate at first because i just had no bearings for it yeah. and then that was when i looked up on my phone because i was like i don't think i want to ask a student what this is and yeah, then yeah. i saw it and i was like oh my goodness this is yeah, okay that one's really that that stuck around yeet is another one that has, has stuck around and i think is going to stick around for a while and that's just you yell it as you're about to throw something if someone gets like you know hit really hard in like football or they get like boomsticked or whatever you're like yeah. yeet they got yeeted like <laughs> you hit them with stuff like that um i think the there's also like these aren't even words they're just sounds people will make but it's like she like <laughs> that kind of stuff like skirt like those types of noises that 
once again, they're not a word describing anything. I don't know if they really derive from anything in the English language or any mm-hmm. other language for that matter, but uh, they're like punctuation to start a sentence, to end a sentence, um, all that kind of stuff. So I would say those are probably some of your common ones. And there's stuff that's always going to come through, but I feel like for, for most people, if you have a bearing on that, you can have a conversation with anyone between the ages of like five and 18. Like you could probably figure it out from there. Um, but those are the ones that I would say are the most constant. Yeah. So being a sneakerhead, which just means that you love sneakers. Um, I feel like for our parents, sneakerhead is a type of lingo because they maybe have never heard it. I didn't really know about that until, um, you and I became teammates. But, um, with that is drip still in the Gen Z lingo or has that kind of faded? Drip is, but I think it's starting to fade. I think that's one of those words that it's not that it was overused, but I Mm -hmm. think, with the the culture around sneakers and kind of people are always chasing these like the same pairs and most yeah. people aren't getting them so i think drip came from like a positive to like oh like they're dripping out which is then becoming more negative and now people i think just don't use it as common i, I will use it with like my friends and yeah. things like that but once again like we're old dude yeah. so like it's too late for us now so it, it makes sense that we're hanging on to this this word from yesteryear yeah. Shoot, if you're old, then I'm ancient. So. No, no, no. no. <laughs> well, let's think about um, with our parents, what is some encouragement or advice you can give to them to stay relevant with their students? Because like we were saying before, I can't imagine being in a parent seat of, I don't necessarily want to be cool to my kid, but at the same time, I want to be able to relate to them and understand them without looking like a fool. And so... Um, from your seat as a student minister, how can you encourage parents to be able to do that? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is we get a lot of times, even like for us as student ministers, we get so caught up in in the word, right? Like, so what, like, what is yeet? What, what does that mean? How, how is it being used? And you can learn to talk that way. You can try to throw it in. It's always going to sound lame. It sounds lame every time I do it. I do it out of spite most of the time. <laughs> um, but I think the real encouragement is to figure out the input source uh, mm-hmm. of where your student or child are, are hearing these words for the first time. Understanding, okay, where do these words come from? They're not your your sophomore or your sixth grader. Them and their friends aren't sitting in a circle and like inventing phrases, right? Like they're picking these up from <laughs> from from somewhere else. And so understanding, like, okay. Yeet is really big in like streamer culture, like really big streaming is massive on YouTube, Twitch, all these types of platforms. And so a lot of people that are watching play games like Fortnite, uh, like Minecraft, all this kind of stuff, they're, they're hearing these words and phrases from there. And so it's understanding, okay, my, my kid is picking this up from, from this place. And so then you can naturally and much more comfortably make a conversation around like, what are you watching on, on YouTube? Like where, what are you doing? Keep me in the loop with this kind of stuff. Uh, as opposed to understanding, all right, why is drip the word you want to say all the time? Like realizing where these places are coming from, Mm -hmm. looking at those input sources. Yeah, I think that's really good because I think too that allows our parents to know more about their kid. Like we say all the time, like we encourage parents, hey, know what your student, know the apps on their phone, know the things that they're watching. Um, And so that just kind of even – affirms even more like and backs up how we're encouraging parents to step into that and I know that parents are wanting to do that I want to know what my kid is doing and what they're looking and what's being put into them um so other than 
than digging into what's the input, what's like a practical thing they could do? How could they start this conversation with their kid? If it's, you know, maybe let's think about like the sus thing for me. I thought it was inappropriate. And so I Mm. sheepishly went to my phone and I was like, what does this mean? Um, So how could a parent start a conversation about it if they just heard it? In, in everyday talk from their student. Yeah, I think the the first thing I would recommend is to start off by by simply asking, hey, what does that even mean? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. really, like it's it sounds old timey. It sounds like you're old, and yeah. like there's unfortunately nothing we can do with that. But just own it. Most of the most of the the Gen Z slang that we hear in our student ministry and really around our, our church campus and stuff, like they're not. It's not rooted in anything inappropriate. So there shouldn't be like the embarrassment that you see on your kid's face is not normally like oh. I'm saying this, this word that I know is not good. It's a dirty word. Um, it's, it's not that it's more like, I can't believe it, mom. Like you don't know, like dad, come on. Like Mm -hmm. everybody says yeet dude, like that kind of thing. Um, so I would start off with just by hearing the hearing where it's at. And then from there, like once you kind of know what the word is, just kind of monitoring its use, right? Like we have a, a pretty, firm ongoing joke with some of our students just where you get a, a series of sentences that are nothing but slang terms and oh like my goodness. that's annoying like it's yep. annoying to us it's annoying to, to parents it's, it's annoying to their friends and stuff like that but um monitoring like okay like how often is it being said where is it being said and all that kind of stuff i, I think really is a first practical step um, mm-hmm. and just looking at like asking that question what does it mean and then paying attention for how often it's being said yeah. um because that really also as a parent will give you insight into all right so my kids friends are saying this all the time like we know that very quickly the reason why gen z language i think changes so rapidly is uh you see people stop talking like that almost immediately. And so it's like, all right, on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, and so if it keeps being said all the time or you hear students saying all the time, you know, like, all right, so there's some input source where they're hearing this a lot. Uh, if it's used every once in a while, it's like, all right, maybe they heard it and they're trying to get it, get it to stick or something like that. But, but yeah, I think the first big step I, I would recommend for parents is really just asking, Hey, what, what is the origin of that word? If it's, if it's bothering, if it's a concern, you just want to know, like definitely ask your student. Mm-hmm. I think, too, what this will show your student, and it will help them see that you genuinely care, Um, but also, like, it just goes into how do you incorporate it into dinners together, or, hey, that sounded funny, or I heard you and your friends cheering this, like, Mm -hmm. um, what does it mean? Just continuing in that you as a parent want to know about their life anyway, and your student truly does want to be seen by you, and so in this first practical step, you are just affirming to them that like, Hey, my mom and dad do care. Even if they come back with you, like, Oh mom, Oh dad. Yeah. doesn't matter. You as the parent keep pushing forward because at the end of the day, when they look back, it's going to be, Hey, my mom or my dad really wanted to know about me and my friends about the season or stage of life that I was in. And these were the phrases that we were using. And so I think that's really good. Um, Cody, thinking about your parents, how they raised you, um, your friend group when you were in junior high and high school, is there anything, um, that you wish you could have told your parents that would have helped you during those years to become more of the man of God that you are, to grow in your faith, to help them understand you as, um, as a junior high or high schooler, how they could have come alongside you some more? Yeah. I I don't know if it's something that I would say like, oh man, my parent, if my parents would have done this, things would have been different. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the things that I'm incredibly thankful for in my parents are that, uh, they made going to church and being at church a priority. Um, and so 
a huge part of that was really my parents just saying like, Hey, like I, I played competitive soccer. I played a ton of sports. I had a job. I took AP classes and all that kind of stuff. There was never an excuse that was good enough to not make it to youth group. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so because of that, I think that really helped me with my friend group kind of weed through stuff. Now we were still knuckleheads, right? Like we still got into <laughs> our own, our own little bit of trouble and all that kind of stuff as we went through. So by no means was I a perfect child or I had this perfect group of friends, but in that, like there was always because of church becoming the priority that it was like, it meant that I had to really think through, uh, what I was going to say, what I was going to do, who I was going to become, what I was paying attention to, uh, because half of my life, a big portion of my life was dealing with people that were in a church and like Mm -hmm. were church friends. Um, and so coming in and saying a bunch of slang, that's like wildly inappropriate. Like I will absolutely get called out. And (laughs) and my parents were the parents that are like, you're going to call and apologize to everyone. Like that's Mm -hmm. just who my parents were. And I'm like, well, I'm not doing that. So I'm going to not saying that word, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so really I think that that thing is less of like, if my parents would have done more in that realm, but more or less of just being thankful that my parents, even when, uh, there were moments when I didn't want to show up or like I was super exhausted because they let me commit to, to all these different things. It was like, well, as long as you realize that like this is an important thing and it's never not something you're not going to. So yeah. you're going to be there all the time. So you can say yes to everything else, but just know that like if you're a zombie, like we're not cutting church out, like mm-hmm. other stuff will get cut out, but church isn't getting cut out. I think that's awesome. And I think, you know, whether you would have chosen ministry as a career or not, like it would have set you up to do ministry in whatever space and place yeah, the Lord absolutely. brought you to for your life. Well, Cody, thank you so much for taking a break or actually doing both, being a multitasker today and running the soundboard as well as being our first guest on the midweek. Um, parents, we are so grateful that you tuned in as the students would say, thanks, fam. And we will link some resources in our show notes. We would love for you to take a look at that. And don't forget, join us next week for episode two of The Midweek. We'll see you later.